Jillian Panzavale, Patrick Hines. <laughs> You're trying to like steal my thunder with the harmony. Every week you get louder and louder and louder during my part. Maybe that's why it's not good anymore. Let's take it clean. Jillian Pantavale. Patrick Hines. Wow, that really is good. See what happens when you shut up and let the women do the work? Girl, we have a lot to tell the people about before we get to the episode. We have a lot to do. Do you remember when we're like, let's make a Patreon and like once a month we'll make a full bonus episode and then I, we like threw that out the window. We're like, let's do it every week and cover cereal. I, that cover, that idea was floated for 0.2 seconds. So no, I don't really remember it, but I'm sure it existed. Um, how much fun are you having doing cereal? I mean, Asia. <laughs> we have a lot when we talk about cereal today. Asia. We've got to address the Twitter feed. Um, you guys, just letting you know, you can join our Patreon community, check out our episodes on Serial. We're going week by week. Other than that, we have like seven mini episodes, two other full bonus episodes. There's so much. Yeah. Can I just stress that like everyone who joins the Patreon is amazing and like so active and and wonderful in the Facebook group about the fact that they are now (laughs) Patreon supporters. We are so grateful for you. But I also just want to say like it's kind of insane what you get for $5. Yes. Not to be a total salesperson about it because if you don't want to do it, like it's budgets are real. Right. Like we we, Patrick and I live in New York City. Like (laughs) it's amazing that I could afford the two seventy five. Metro card to get here today. I know. Like, so it's hashtag grateful. Kind of insane. Yeah, so we have extended outtakes. We have all of our full bonus episodes are ad free, by the way. Mm-hmm. Everything you hear on Patreon is 100% ad free. Yeah. So, anyway, tons of stuff. You guys, Jillian and I also started another podcast. Um, Yeah, we did. It's called My So Called Podcast. It's all about my so called life. It is like true crime obsessed for. My so-called life. I mean, and you can like watch along with us. It's on Hulu and ABC. So if you are not like me and don't watch it once a year <laughs> and are a normal person who like is revisiting it after exactly. all this time, uh, you can do that. We're having the best time. Jordan Catalano's garbage. Who knew? <laughs> we were so blinded by the we eyes and the, the flannel oh and the way he leans. He leans great. <laughs> and we didn't realize that like, oh my God, garbage monster. he basically sexually assaults her in the second episode. <laughs> and we just go on from there. It's a nightmare. Girl, what are we talking about today? Girl, kidnapped for Christ, Jesus Camp 2. I saw this, like, randomly saw this trailer on YouTube, and I was like, oh my God, this is this is perfect for us. This is so horrible. Again, much like Scientology, like, why are these people not all arrested? I know! It is horrible. We're going to find out later, you guys. There's no government regulation for, like, torture chambers like these. <laughs> Already. I mean, we didn't. you didn't even play the trailer yet. Let's do it right now. <laughs> Great. One morning I woke up, two guys were at my house. You need to wake up and put clothes on. You're going to a school in the Dominican Republic. They tied a belt around my waist, um, dragged me with the belt to their car. I got sent down here because I am gay and my parents, they, they just weren't okay with that. The next thing I knew, I'm waking up and my best friend's gone. We began to become suspicious. We weren't sure where he was and why he wasn't returning any of our calls. We here at New Horizons Youth Ministry will set out a structure and discipline that will help you understand how to live your life. They have to ask what we want them to do for everything. May I step in? May I ask what it is? May I step in? A way to kind of show them the amount of pain they're putting on everybody else is to put a little bit of pain on them. 
school is not a nice place. It's not a good place for children. It really hurt both my brother and I. Was there anything that you saw that would be considered physical abuse? I didn't see it. I heard it. This kind of thing I knew went on in North Korea. I knew it went on in the former Soviet Union. There's no government regulation. If you saw how things were, you'd be sad. I would have to honestly state that there has been things that have taken place. I feel like I'm going to lose my mind here. I feel like I'm going to crack, and I'm just not going to be able to go any further. What we were doing was wrong. It did not help them. Somebody's got to answer for that. We recognized we were probably going to get one shot at demanding his release. He needs to be able to walk out of there. We go in there tomorrow with whatever we have. I am a US citizen. I should be free. We're in the business of trying to save prodigals. Okay, how does it start? It starts, we like meet all these kids, like our new best friends, David and Beth and Ty. And they are explaining like that they just got ripped out of their beds at six o'clock in the morning (laughs) or in the middle of the night. Right. Dragged by belts. Both my parents were standing there, you know, saying, we love you, David. We love you. I was like, what's going on? And I was, I was, of course, I was like, you know, that's not going to happen. How could that happen to me? I'm staying here. And they're like, no, you have no choice. You can do this the easy way or the hard way. They tied a belt around my waist, um, dragged me with the belt to their car. We went through the airport. They dragging me with a belt the entire time. Look, you can't take a goddamn toothbrush on the plane anymore. <laughs> But TSA is just like, yeah, this kid literally kicking and screaming his way onto the plane as you're dragging him with a belt. This, like, screaming queen, get her on the flight. This is totally fine. Like, are you kidding me? How does that work? I I don't know. But then we we realize quickly, so you're horrified. And you're like, oh, my God, how is this really a thing? Uh, And then we learn that this is mostly focused on the story of this kid, David, who's there. And then you realize that David just disappeared one day and, like, nobody told the school or anything where he was. How does that happen? So here's the thing, evil parents who do this to their kids. If you don't want anyone to ask questions, like make up a better story than him. He's like, oh, they're, he's doing volunteer work in Dominican Republic. And he's like super popular and has all these friends. And his friends are like, weird. David didn't say anything about that. Super strange. Like everyone's ears are already perked up. Like, wait. I know. I gotta second. say, like the cast of characters that we meet that are like responsible for getting David back eventually. Oh, I Peggy, love them. the drama teacher who's standing uh, by a piano. And Peggy. David was a spark. Um, he was talented. He was just a good person and somebody that we all felt a connection to. We couldn't understand why someone like this had been taken away from us. We meet Angie, his like the best friend. It was so strange and surreal that it was like one one minute he was there at all these parties and then the next thing I knew I'm waking up and my best friend's gone. I love that Angie noticed that he was gone because he no longer was at the parties. I was like, we get it. You guys are cool. I know. And then we meet Mackenzie, who spent like 45 minutes blow drying her hair for this interview. She ran a comb through that hair. Let me tell you that hot pink lip she has going on. <laughs> Mackenzie, I'm here for it. I was like, ooh, that really makes Mackenzie pop. I'm I'm obsessed with it. It was kind of a shock because we weren't, we weren't sure where he was, what he was doing, why he wasn't returning any of our calls. And when it came around to school beginning and he wasn't there, that's when we kind of realized that something might not be right. 
no one else in David's family, like the garbage parents, are like <laughs> shockingly nowhere to be found. They were they declined to be interviewed for this documentary or whatever. The garbage parents. All I can do now is trust God. I just put all my trust in Him. Something's gonna happen. It's something. Um, you know, maybe somebody will come for me down here, or they. I'll get through and learn what he wants me to learn. Right away, these kids are being interviewed clearly at this, quote, school in the, mm. the Dominican Republic where they've been sent. And I was like, "How is what is happening here? And we come, we come to understand soon what's going on, why they're being so honest with this filmmaker. Right. So enter Kate Logan, who was like, I was totally a rebel in my family. <laughs> Growing up, I was sort of the rebel of my family. As a teenager, I was the only evangelical Christian in a house full of liberals. I was the evangelical Christian in a house full of liberals. <laughs> How do you even become an evangelical Christian without your parents making you do that, like, by force? I don't know, but her liberal parents were probably like, do what you want to do, Kate. Like, <laughs> whatever, man, as long as you're not hurting yourself or anybody else. After high school, I attended a Christian college to study film, and I did mission work wherever I could until I found myself in the Dominican Republic, where I learned of a small Christian boarding school that claimed to rehabilitate troubled teens from the United States and bring them to know Christ. So I set out to document the positive effects a school like this could have on the lives of those that seemed to need it most. I never expected that I would become part of this story. She set out to document the school. She's a film student, so she's right. young. Yeah. She can. She's very close in age to these kids. I think she's like a sophomore in college at this yeah. point or something. Um, and she was like, I thought it was, it's called, I'm sorry, are you guys going to make fun of my accent? I'm not good at, <laughs> I'm not even going to try to say it with the accent because then. Well, I don't even know what you're going to say. Escuela Caribe. <laughs> I wrote it. I couldn't even say it. I couldn't even write it. I just write the school. I can't say Escuela Caribe. For, okay, so that's what it's called. But from here on in, it's the school or the camp or the torture chamber or whatever. That's what we're calling it. Um, so she hears about this place yeah. and she's like, oh, this is so great. It's like helping kids who have maybe lost their way. I want to go document it. And like, thankfully she did. Um, so of course we open, it is not a documentary about religion without horrible music. <laughs> <laughs> Straight out of Jesus camp, where they're like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's one old woman rocking out. Everyone else is miserable. It is So it is not Jesus camp in the sense where you're like, why are these kids rocking out? None of the kids are rocking out. One woman will get back to her. But the kids are like, what the fuck? So then we meet uh, in this, because it's like the music is the opening act to some yeah. crazy guy who's going to spew crazy oh shit. Oh, my God. And so David Weir. <laughs> he is uh, of the New Horizons Youth Ministry, the director of community outreach. The only thing we have in common is that he, too, cannot pronounce the name of the school. <laughs> it's the only thing we have in common. When I have an opportunity to describe Esqueda Caribe, I tell them it's a Christian therapeutic residential boarding facility. Uh, now, that's a long term for a place where kids that have just been in trouble can come and get their lives straightened out. <laughs> Marge Simpson grown. My name is Beth, and I have been here for about four months. And now we get our first real interview with Beth. Poor Beth. And like the garbagiest, garbagiest, garbagiest thing is that she was sent to this school for the mere reason that she was having 
panic attacks. It got to be where I'd had like three a day, end up in the hospital for whatever reason. And um, I got, because of that, I got really frustrated with my school because it would get to be where um, I couldn't be in the class for the whole entire period. Or like I'd have to leave because I get stressed out or I might have a panic attack. And it was, it was really crazy. And like a couple of times I would just like leave the school and um, they had to call the police to bring me back. Um, and and I also tried to kill myself. She is overwhelmed and stressed out and she needs a lot of help. So her parents shipped her away <laughs> to the fucking Dominican Republic. <laughs> and we'll get in. We'll get into more of like what her daily life is like. Yeah, because yeah. we still have some people to meet. <laughs> First name is Ty. I'm 16 and I've been here for a year, a month and 17 days. And I'm yeah. like, but girl, who's counting? Like she. <laughs> I love Ty. I love Ty. And it's so heartbreaking where it's like, like the thing about Beth is you can tell like, oh, wow, Beth has anxiety issues. You can you can sort of see it in Beth that like, wow, she needs to like talk some things through. Yeah. Ty, I'm like, why the fuck is Ty here? I know. Ty is more together than most people I know. Here's why Ty is here. When I was like 10, I was raped. And um, when I was like 11, my mom married without telling me and my brother I kind of started to not trust my family very much and just separate myself from them a lot and just find ways to let out my anger like lying and stealing and drugs and a lot of drugs and stuff like that and just guys lots of drugs <laughs> so many drugs but honestly like based on her I story I don't blame I know her. it's like parents can you just love your kids can you just see that your kids are struggling and rather than sending them to the Dominican Republic where they can be raised off the grid right. without any laws? Right. You can, can you maybe just like give them a hug and ask what's wrong? Like, Let's start there. That's yeah. a good place to start. Like eye contact maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I don't know why it's so scary to admit to like for these parents to admit to themselves or anyone else that there's like some shit going on. Isn't that right. why these parents like if they're sending them to the camp because they think that like this isn't even a religious camp. I'm sorry. They're not yeah. doing yeah. anything religious at all. They're right. doing fucking push-ups and cleaning rocks. Yes. They're actually cleaning <laughs> rocks outside of a lake or whatever. Like none of this has anything to do with religion at yeah. all. But if you really do feel that way, wouldn't you think like, "Oh wow, this is a challenge that like we're given maybe we should work together as a loving spiritual family like wouldn't you think like and also if you can afford seventy thousand dollars a year i know maybe you put guys them in therapy let's start there 72 Ten thousand more than harvard they say <laughs> on one of the screens so the next person we meet is cindy hundley mm-hmm. cindy girl she this person is on the medical counseling staff <laughs> and this person says some things that i just don't think are based in reality like no, i'm yeah. just gonna say it like she yeah. <laughs> We can take a child just so far, but there's a spiritual aspect that God has to take over. And it's those people that are not Christian will not understand what I'm saying, but those that do know that a spiritual transformation takes place when you do accept Christ. And what you never thought was possible in your life becomes possible. And she tries to say, like, if you're not Christian, you don't understand it. And I'm like, well, I understand child abuse. Like, I'm sure that many Christians out there are like, I'm sorry, what? No, 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 no. I'm Christian and my kid has never been to a shithole like this. Like, stop it. So the next person we meet is Deb Hatland, (laughs) chief management officer. Right. Deb Hatland, I just see, like, she's like the yellow person. Like, because sometimes when you meet a lot of people in these documentaries, I try to give them nicknames. She's just like, she has blonde hair and she wears a yellow shirt. So to me, I'm just like, oh, and she thinks everything is hilarious. Oh, my God. Tell me more about the founder, Gordon Blossom. 
Pastor Gordon Blossom was a juvenile delinquent. <laughs> but then they, they start doing this thing where they explain that they have to take these kids and put them in like really uncomfortable circumstances. She calls it culture shock therapy. And she, she admits, this is another thing that just like blows my mind all the time in documentaries like this. Well, that's how you get control. You take a kid out of their normal environment and, and you do get control. You do get opportunity to work them in a different way because they give that to you because of their uneasiness, their unrestfulness. So, so there's a variety of things that work with that. Also, they're not learning anything. Right. I didn't see them in a class. That's true. I didn't see them in one class. Yeah. This is literally just them scrubbing rocks and doing dishes. And like phys- and like push-ups whenever they get in trouble. Yeah. And then like counseling. Let me tell you, I promise you, no one is trained in counseling. Right. Psychiatry, psychology, or education i promise you none of these people have any but education doesn't matter they're not learning anyway (laughs) escuela okay all right and now we get you know now we get more of david's story that like he was sent there because he's gay he the funny thing about this david kid is that he is anybody's dream child oh my god he's beautiful he's smart we find out later he has a 4.3 gpa he has four hours of homework every night because he's in all the ap classes he was offered scholarships everywhere which by the way being in this escuela yeah they all went away because he wasn't in an actual fucking school because nobody knows where he went right so he technically was forced to drop out of high school with all of these opportunities right in front of his face yeah because his parents can't accept that he's gay garbage 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 they wanted to quote fix the problem right i will fix your face (laughs) just love your kids goodbye I am gay, and um, my parents, they, they just weren't okay with that. They weren't willing to accept that fact. My mom said something along the lines of, I could never love a gay son. And um, they were just basically finding any way possible to, you know, fix the problem, change it. And I was just always felt like I was rejected because I've always felt like it was a part of me. We meet Matt. Matt! Garbage, 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 garbage. I don't understand I Matt at all. Me either. One second, I'm like, did he hate this place or did he love this place? I don't know what Matt's point of view is. Yeah. But so- I know he's a rat. Right. <laughs> I know he's a snitch. What happens to snitches? Oh my God, Ray and Graf. <laughs> they get stitches. So Matt is this kid. So we see his like exit ceremony and he's reading this ridiculous, horrible poem that he wrote. I fear the chaos that was my former life. And it's still there. I'm just not in it. Life continued while I was here. I did push-ups while the boys drank beer. I dealt with my issues. They dealt drugs. I grew as a person. They grew weed in their closet. Okay. I mean, I know that you go to 100 very quickly. (laughs) What do you mean? Like Leslie Dope, I'm super chill all the time. Or Hocus Pocus, I am calm. Any gif you want, you guys, we're here for both of them. Um, Matt is, this poem is like, oh my God. He's like, I dealt with my issues. They dealt drugs. I grew as a person. They grew weed in their closet. Who is they? What are you talking about? I know. And it's, again, much like Jesus Camp, an us versus them mentality. Yes. Constantly. Yeah. And Matt's face is blurred, but he's leaving. And, like, David, who is just the most likable person in the world and has become friends with everybody, he and Matt are friends. And so David wants Matt to get word to his friends that he's at this school against his will. And he needs help. And he needs help. And there's this weird scene where they're, like, Matt's coming to say goodbye to David. And Matt, at first, is like, get straight with your parents. 
parents. Try really hard here. Yeah. And then they like give each other a hug and there's like a closer scene of of Matt being like, it sucks to be here. Thanks again for doing this for me. It sucks, man. <laughs> yeah, so I don't understand like yeah. why like he's it seems like he's playing both sides and then he fucking rats on David. Matt told on David? I guess he lost a bunch of privileges. I guess after his session, David isn't allowed to interact with anyone. I feel really bad for him. And then we start to hear from Kate that she was surprised to find out that these were the kids that that were at this school. I was surprised to find out why these kids had been sent here. They certainly weren't the hardened criminals that I had expected. So then we're back to Beth. And, like, we're learning along with Kate just how bad this thing is. We know as viewers, like, this is terrible. But we're learning with Kate as she's like, what is this? (laughs) And they're at this meal, and everyone just looks miserable. And they're at this, like, big table. And Beth asks, may I be seated? It was like mess. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. No one else is asking that. Just right. Beth. And I'm like, what is happening? Then we see Beth taking her meds. Yeah. Very one flew of the cuckoo's nest. And girl interrupted. Like, she has to show that she took the meds. And I'm like, thank God they're giving this girl medicine. Like, <laughs> right. finally, something right. right. Yeah. So then we learn that she is on self-harm support. And so I puked a spoon. And um, at Star House, I couldn't be in the mudder by myself because there were chemicals. And I can't be in the kitchen either. So it's... I've been on it before, but um, I'm working on I'm working to be off of it and stuff. So, like when I offer to get people's dishes, I am um, if they have a fork, I can't pick it up. I have to ask someone else if they would be willing to um, take it off the plate for me. And I don't know what this has to do with self harm, but she has to ask questions like, "May I be seated? May I pass this doorway to go into this room? Right? May I do this? May I do that?" And then like the house father. <laughs> It's just like, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. May I sit in the bedroom? Yeah. And then all of a sudden at this dinner, they're chanting. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. <laughs> what the hell is that? I don't know. Jesus Christ. Literally. Literally. Christ. Jesus Christ. <laughs> So then this house father who she's asking, who won't make eye contact with anybody. He's super hot, by He's the way. a piece of garbage. I know. They're He's all ugly garbage. from within, Patrick. <laughs> I won't have it. So his name is Mike Lepson. I'm calling you out, Mike. Um, he Find him on Facebook, you guys. Uh, and he t- is talking about the self-harm support. And he, he says this thing. Where he's like, yeah, she's eating with a spoon and like we take our shoelaces away, but... It still doesn't prevent them from themselves because their shoelaces belts all still in there from every other girl, but... Yeah. Meh. <laughs> he said meh about suicide. Again, Mike Lupson, L U P S O N. Meh. Like, I don't even like seeing that word in memes. That's such an annoying, obnoxious word. Don't say it about suicide. This girl, like, needs help. Yeah. I need all of you. <laughs> May I sit in the bedroom? Yeah. Meh. Go fuck yourself. So now we meet Alex, and he tells us, like, the specifications. Now it's like, let's go through a day with these kids. Yeah, Their morning yes. routine. They get up. They get supplies, whatever that means. They <laughs> clean the floors. It's like Annie. Like, <laughs> somewhere Miss Hannigan is screaming about shining, like, the top of the Chrysler building. And everything gets 
inspected. So nothing can be in your backpacks. All the all your shirts have to be hung in a certain way. It's like Annie. <sighs> it's like Annie. And then all the buttons have to be up. Like oh all God. buttons. It's just this arbitrary. Where is the religion? Like what the know, fuck are you I talking know. about? And then if it's wrong, they throw it on the ground. So here's the thing. There is not one single thing scary about any of these losers. All of these te- these like house fathers or right. whatever are the most mu- so in Jesus camp Becky Fisher is terrifying All oh of those my people, god she's like praying remember when she was praying over the electrical equipment and remember it was, it's been burned into my brain I have nightmares about it on a weekly basis do I remember there, there is nobody at this school you know like Becky Fisher could literally shoot laser beams out of her Absolutely. eyes and you would just be dead none has. of these people are dynamic they're all they're super just derpy, they're just like derpy straight white guys and none of them have any yeah there's like no passion like if no. you're gonna be a monster right. fucking be it <laughs> With conviction from the diaphragm, like what are you like? It's just like, nah. but so like when they're when they're going through doing the quote inspection and they like throw the the shirt on the floor, I'm like, that's the best you got. Yeah, you're not even gonna pray over the PowerPoint. Good, like yeah. let these guys be like derpy idiots. Like I'd rather that than. You but then we learn think- that sometimes things get really bad there. Right. And then Debbie Yellow Deb, yeah, um, who thinks everything is hilarious. She's like, all the phone calls are recorded. Children's phone calls are recorded. You wanted to know about the letters as well. Um, the letters are, most parents don't have a, well, none of the parents have had a problem with this. They, they agree to this. Um, we will monitor the income, incoming and outgoing mail for a time. Well, one thing, though, something happened with David. One of the other kids there came right. out to him as bisexual. Yeah. So they decided to talk about it. And I think it's Kate, the narrator, was like, they talked about it while they were cleaning the banyo. <laughs> Like, <laughs> David says Banyo at one point too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, okay. The next day we were cleaning the Banyo and um, we we aren't allowed to get off work related, but um, I like we felt that, you know, it would be an okay time to just like talk about it, just to say like, you know, yes, my parents did send me here because I am gay. That situation, like, but um, later on, I guess one of the students like, heard something or heard whispering david is right like the place is kind of bugged yeah. everyone is whispering someone overheard and ratted on the two kids talking about the sexuality two queens talking about sexuality right yeah. so then david was forced to come out to everybody on the staff yeah i had to admit everything i had to basically um come out to my group leader my teacher and um let my house father know what was going on. It was probably the most humiliating moment for me. We all have nervous things that we do. His is he sort of like wrings his hands. Yeah. And I was so scared. I like my nervous reaction is to go like this a lot. Like I, I fiddle with my fingers and Craig, my group leader was like slapping my hands. He's like, get your hands away. Like, get your hands away. Look at him straight. Tell me what happened. Get your hands away. Like I kept, I kept doing that. Like as a nervous reaction, they were just like, stop that. Two more pushups, two more pushups. Get your hands away. But then David's like, I'm deathly afraid. He says the words, I'm deathly afraid. He like whispers that to right. Kate. I'm afraid of like, there's recordings in that room. Mm-hmm. I'm deathly afraid. Yeah. Yeah. They should be arrested. I know. And then we meet Dan Anderson. Dan, D-A-N, Anderson, <laughs> A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N. He's the home life director. And once again, just another derpy derp who's super uncomfortable with talking about the reality of this place. And he's yeah. like, um, yeah, there are, um... Because now uh, we're talking about abuse. Um, we do have, um, the, uh, SWATs or, um, 
That is a discipline. And then Yellow Deb is like, we sure do use that paddle. We still use the paddle. We used the paddle 30 years ago. Deb is going to turn this car around. She's really excited about the fact that they use that yeah. paddle. Yeah, and now this is where we get the counselor roundtable about how apparently abuse is just unavoidable. Especially when there are children involved. Like, excuse me? There are things that have happened here and that will happen here in the future that shouldn't happen. Has there ever been anything here that has taken place that we wish we could change? I would I would have to honestly state that there has been things that have taken place. I am not going to deny that there was never any form of abuse that has happened here. Um, I think in any area of child care, there is abuse. I have heard just general incidences that have happened in the past where students were abused, you know. There's no denying that whatsoever. Um, however, the, a lot of the onus, I believe, also falls on the student. They're like, they're making them run all the time. Yeah, and then they we call meet them. Jordan, we, we ha- he doesn't have a foot. So how did you feel about the run? Um, tired, upset. Yeah, she shows us this kid, and I'm, and I'm not saying this to be funny like he has a bloody stump yeah for a leg they're making him do these like laps mm-hmm. or whatever they're calling them mm-hmm. and he's like oh my god like the blisters on his little stump of a leg like it is ap- literal absolute torture and kate is showing us with no warning also i was no like warning. kate girl i know this is your first documentary next time you have to ease into a shot like that you can't just do that god kate she was a sophomore in college Good for her for making this. Honestly, like, uh, can you, what were you doing as a sophomore in college, not in the Dominican Republic, trying to like shed some light on some crazy shit? That's for sure. So, like, quickly, we touch on David's friends. We find out they're getting together like once a week to try to get, get information and figure out where he is and how they can help him. Like, the most badass group of fucking friends. I know the pieces started to fall together, um, and finally, there was um, communication that confirmed that he was actually. Um, had been taken out of the country. One of my son's friends came back from the school. He had been in the school and said he had seen David down there. That's how they, that's how they found him. And we formed, started to form plans on how we could possibly get in touch with David. We really wanted to get him home for graduation. This is where the friends start to get together to like plan to sort of figure out what their options are. And they want to get, and Peggy, the drama teacher, and Peggy, I love her. Um, <laughs> Her big thing is like, as his teacher who knows what he can do, they're like, we just want to get him home for graduation. Right. Because his future can be totally destroyed if he's not. So they want to get him home for his own safety, but like, he has to graduate. So now, (laughs) now these kids go on this four or five day hiking trip. Um, He goes this trip that we take every year um, in the summer usually. And we all um, pack up our stuff and hike for five days, six days straight. Um, up a bunch of mountains to the top of Pico Duarte. Well, first you just see them leaving on trucks, and I'm like, where are they taking them? What's happening? Like, what? Right, it's like it's one of those true. movies that I refuse to watch, like a hostel or a saw or whatever, which is torture porn, or I'm like, what? why are they taking them away on trucks with tarps? Like, what totally. is happening? So they go, the thing about this hike is that, like, one one time my nephew said the words, I'm more of an indoor kid. Take all- Same, girl. <laughs> Take all of these indoor kids and put them out in the in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. You see them trying to walk across these, like, f- you know, one foot wide babbling brooks. These kids are falling, b- 
Beth gets on her hands and knees and crawls across the bridge. I mean. I know. And it's also just more scenes of like these derpy dudes telling these teenage girls to do push-ups. These like gross fat men. Literally this like horrendously obese man like making these, like saying that the girls aren't hustling enough. I can't. I can't. You know who else can't? (laughs) Our collective girlfriend, Ty. She is not having it. At this point, I hate my life. Can you paint a picture? <laughs> it's pouring rain. And it's the Dominican Republic, so it's that like swampy, yeah. humid rain. And I don't know where they are, but you know that all the counselors are like, this is where they have free time, whatever. Right. We yeah. give it to them once a year for 10 minutes. <laughs> Meh. And so they're all like rolling around in the mud. But it's also like these kids like probably haven't seen daylight in a week. Totally. Like what? They're just all get blowing off some steam. It's yeah. fine. Ty, however... <laughs> Is it really into the mud? And like the rolling in the mud. It's like Woodstock out there and she does not care. If any of my friends were here and they would see like these people just rolling in the mud, they would probably cry with me right now because this is like the most excruciating, gross, nastiest thing. Do you know what's in this dirt? There's like cow poop, horse poop, all kinds of poop. And then people put it on their face. It's nasty. And she's like, there's like poop in there yeah. like, I don't know if there is necessarily but it's real to her so it's fine and then someone someone is like let's tackle Ty and it's like everything slows down I wish to tackle Ty and you just see Ty like I don't know if the world slowed down or if Ty just took her time and she turned and she was like no and guess what? Ty does not get tackled. No. Like, all Ty has to do is a look like, no. yeah. don't you tackle me? Yeah. Don't do it. So then she's talking to a staffer, and she's basically like, I don't want to be, like, this is not fun for me. I don't want to be, like, thrown in the mud. Which yeah. is like, why is this even a conversation? I'm more of an indoor kid. If someone doesn't want to be thrown in the mud, don't fucking throw them in the right, mud. Like, exactly. stop. So then the staffer is like, can you back off, please, to the so, camera. This is where the first time we see that all of a sudden Kate, the filmmaker, she's getting restrictions. Now suddenly there right. are all these new rules because they're realizing that, that the kids are being honest with her. <laughs> right. Yeah. First, they don't tell us that Rachel, staff member, has to be with us when we're interviewing students, which is kind of a big deal because it takes away from any credibility of any interviews of students we have whatsoever. And then we, every time we try to film like a confrontation with a staff member and a student, um, they all like don't let us all we're left with is just like pretty shots of nature and kids saying like how great this hike was and like how great the program is and that things don't change then we're gonna have to switch gears and it's just what we're gonna have to do because we're trying to make a good film we're trying to make an honest film and one that's credible so she basically does this thing where she sets the camera up from far away and then like leaves it unattended and then tries to like get one of the kids in the shot, she must be mic'd because her audio is great, but the camera's really far away. Right. And so, like, she's, and then there's this, like, really awkward scene with Ty where she sits with Ty and you could, they both keep sort of, like, out of the corner of their eye looking to see if they're, like, in the right, in the frame of the shot. Right. And she's trying to get Ty to say, like, do you feel abused here? Yeah. It's, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's abused. Maybe it's just draining, you know? Sometimes it's just like, you have to stuff up your emotions so much that you can't really let them loose. They're also still kind of whispering. Yeah. Because they're so aware of what's happening and these stupid idiots think she's taking like pretty nature shots. I know. Really? With the and camera it, just there? Why is the camera there? It really is 
kind of scary because they, they keep doing that thing where they're just like looking to see like they're on the slide trying to make sure the camera's getting what they're saying. Right. Um, okay. We just have to quickly go over the horrifying rap that's happening. Like I, <laughs> and the wrestling. Yeah. We see this like bonfire one night and these kids are literally rapping for Jesus. But I will throw these beats and I will spin them. They will make you move your feet and I'm not spinning. I came down here to deal with some issues and now I'm moving things to Jesus Christ and he wants to kiss you. He wants to love you and never miss you. He wants you to come back, the prodigal son. All, all my notes are just make it stop, make it stop, make it stop, make it stop, make it stop. <laughs> and they don't. It goes on for quite a while. And then it's like the next day, because they're still on this hike now, right? Five days. Right. Ugh. I know. An eternity. Yeah. And then there's this one shot where it's like, everyone be silly in the photo. And everyone is just standing there like they're out of a photo from the 18th century. Just miserable. Yeah. It's so horrible. So then, oh, this is so great. They get back to the wherever, the fucking prison. Mm-hmm. And they're planning for one of those inspections. Right. And Kate is there with David. And David, like, it's sort of the aftermath of the inspection. And David is, like, on the sly whispering to Kate, like, hey, can you get a letter to Angie for me? Because it turns out that Angie is going to be going to Kate's school. Right. Which is just another, like, random... What are the odds? I know. So they have this moment where David's, like, unsure of, like, how to get it to her. And she's like, can you give it to me right now? I have a letter And he, like, gives her this letter. She, like, stuffs it in her bag and, like, and then David gets called out. He's, like, he's late for something. David, yeah. Everybody's on the line. Oh, okay. Sorry for keeping you. Yeah. If you get in trouble, just tell him that we had him. But it is this moment. I'm even getting chills thinking about it. It's so fast. Yeah. And he, she's like, do you have it now? Just give it to me now. Just give it to me now. Yeah. And then the look of terror on David's face true. during the handoff is like, this is the biggest moment of his life. Yeah. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Like, so, okay. So finally Kate's leaving. It's been six weeks since I arrived here at Escuela Caribe. And it's going to be really difficult to leave the students here. Especially David. I do still have his letter and his best friend Angie just happens to be a freshman at my school. So I'm going to find her. And she goes and tracks Angie down to give her this letter. Mm -hmm. And so then there's this shot of Angie and Kate sitting on a bench and Angie reads the letter and it is fucking heartbreaking. I mean, because she's learning these things and you know, Kate, of course, is like, this is documentary, so can you please read the letter out loud? (laughs) Angie, this may come off as a shock to you, but our worst fears have come true. I'm currently in the Dominican Republic at a school called Escuela Caribe in... Jarabacoa. I don't want to alarm you, so I will try to lighten things up. Rusty, your Wellard needs rescuing. If this letter is seen by staff here, I will receive a due penalty, including SWATs. Including SWATs. Yeah, what does that damn. mean? Like, one of the punishments would be there sometimes is SWATs, which is basically like getting a spanking with like a wooden paddle or a leather strap. Seriously? Oh my gosh. But when she when she's like, wait, he what? Swats? What does that mean? Right. The terror in her eyes of like, this is even worse than I ever could have imagined. Yeah. What is happening? And he's like trying to make jokes in it. It's just like right. So then so then we cut to like Doug the family friend who like I have Doug the family friend in my notes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Doug the family friend like literally says to the camera The letter came, um, and that was real powerful for me. That that was when I decided that 
you know, if we're sending people down there, I'm going to be one of them that goes down there. And Mark is like, girl, I'm equally over it. Yeah. Let's go. And they form this, like, God squad and go to, like, save the day. <laughs> Let's go get her. Let's get him. So they plan. So the whole thing is that David is going to turn 18. These two guys, Doug and Mark, know that he is legally allowed to leave on his 18th birthday. So they they plan this trip to save his ass. Yeah. On November 4th, which is David's 18th birthday. Right. And they've been prepping for actual weeks and months. Yeah. We recognize we were probably going to get one shot at going onto the campus and demanding his release. And so there were times spent trying to be sure everything was lined up as best we could. So we see Mark and David in their car, like at the gate of the of the school. Yeah. And they call their lawyer. They're like, "We're going in." Hey, Mark. This is Doug Lyons. Uh, we're uh, uh, we're we're at the base of the hill here, so I guess if you want to call David and tell him we're coming. And then and they, they just in. walk in. Yeah. And then, like, nothing happens. Like, we don't have video of this, but they walk in, and one of the derpy idiots is, like, sweating bullets when they realize that these guys are real. And we're brought to an office to sit down and meet with school personnel. Then we presented the, <clears throat> the letter and said, we're, we want David out of here. Game's over. He's 18. He's going to come home. And this guy we were talking to, his whole demeanor changed. He started sweating bullets. I mean, he had perspiration all over his forehead instantaneously. And from there, you could tell that um, a lot of activity was going on in other parts of the of the office. People were concerned. There were phone calls being made. Um, we were told that he wasn't there um, and that we wouldn't be able to see him. I just wonder what was happening with David during this time because he doesn't know that they're there. Right. And so all of a sudden, they're like, he's not here. He's not on the campus. We don't okay. know. We can't get him. And then... I'm thinking, like, there, there's no way they're going to actually leave without seeing him. They fucking leave. They, they, yeah. they end up leaving not just the school, but they leave the Dominican Republic. So we're leaving without David. I'm really worried about David. I can't imagine how the staff must be reacting. And they, it, it takes them seven weeks. Yeah. And then they get a judge to, like, basically write a court order. Because the embassy wouldn't force Escuela Cribe to release David, we had a U.S. judge issue a writ of habeas corpus which is designed to free those who are unlawfully detained. I'm a little unclear of what happens here. David gets back to the United States. He doesn't call Angie, his best friend. He calls that girl Mackenzie. At 2 a.m. At 2 a.m. My phone rang at 2 in the morning, maybe. And I answered it, and it was a whisper with my name. Like, hello? And hearing his voice was like, was like the best thing ever. And I remember just screaming, like darting into my mom's room, like bawling my eyes out, you know, telling her that it was him. And we, uh, when we were on the phone, we decided to meet at Starbucks the next morning. Angie gets a call from Mackenzie. Mackenzie's like, he's out! And, but she's like, I can't believe you didn't call me. Like, I'm going to go to the Starbucks right now. Uh, Kate, the filmmaker, goes with her. Right. So Angie just got a call from one of David's friends that he's in the Starbucks. I don't know why he didn't call Angie, but I think he might be in here. What's going on? They walk in the door of the camera, and immediately they're told to stop filming. Right. And you hear David say, I can't talk to you. I can't talk to you. What are you guys doing here? I'm not sure if I can talk to you guys. It's like zombie David. It's yeah. like Stepford Wife David, where you're like, what? Like, who? What's happening? I literally said out loud, I like perked up, and I was like, what? I know. Are you kidding me? So then... 
we just have to talk about this for a minute. Angie, girl, loses her shit. She's in the car driving and crying, which is like totally unsafe. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I really hope that he's been fed a lot of lies, and I really hope that he has no idea how much everybody has been stressing over this and praying over this and like losing sleep over this and like spending so much time on this. So she's devastated and just saying, like, does he know what we've gone through for him? Like, right. how many people were involved, what we sacrificed, what we did. And they were happy. They're not even sacrifices. Right. They were happy to help him and, and fly like, there. And, like, I wanted, I wanted more of, like, hey, you could, you could turn the camera on outside the Starbucks and give us a little update as to what's happening. Where was the Kate who, like, knew how to secretly <laughs> record Ty, but not so secretly? Like, what happened to that? So after, this is just a mess. Like, Angie's crying. Mackenzie's crying. Everyone's crying. And it turns out that Dave David's parents and the camp threatened to sue her if she continued with the film. And I was forced to put the project on hold indefinitely. My own faith had been totally shaken. I didn't even know if I wanted to call myself a Christian anymore after all the things I'd witnessed. And then it's just like a few years later. Right, we don't know. We literally don't know how many years later it is. Like you couldn't have put one little card up on the screen to tell us how many years later it is. Yeah, and it's just like a few years after graduation. David's graduation, her graduation, I don't know. We don't know. And there's, there's, they don't immediately tell us what happened with David. So... First, we go to Beth and Ty first. Yeah, so we see modern day Beth, who by the way looks fantastic. Come on in, guys. Modern day Beth looks great. She's got um, a husband who can't be bothered to get off his phone. Right. And a kid like playing like around. And she basically is telling us about how much she misses being at that that crazy, awful, horrible place. I, I do miss it. I miss like the structure. I like structure. They didn't just walk up to me and pick me out of a crowd and say, bend over. I'm giving you 10 swats for no reason. It's because I messed up. As far as I'm concerned, um, Escuela Caribe is what saved my life it definitely hurts me to hear people say negative things about that place because like i said it did save my life first of all everyone in her life knows about it she talks about it once a week because she's traumatized and like right. needs to discuss yeah. it right she victim blames herself and yes. saying i only got swats when i messed up right girl you know you didn't i know she's like i only think back on the good things i try i try not to remember the and bad it things. saved her life it's-, it's really horrible but at the same time it's like girl you're out you have a life yeah, you have a kid and a husband. Whatever, who talk. like, fine. fine, sir. Get off your phone, please, sir. Um, run a comb through your hair. The crew is here. <laughs> right. Who else do we see? You know who did run a comb through her hair? <laughs> Ty. Ty. Ty looks like a million bucks. A million smackers. She's amazing. But she, then, of course, it's like not all fun and games. When I first got back, it was definitely awkward for me. I had lost a lot of friends. A lot of people didn't know, didn't really remember me. Didn't know where I'd gone or why. And I didn't really want to talk about it. I didn't want to say where I went or explain what I'd been through because people wouldn't understand. And Ty is talking about all of the abuse that she suffered there. I am angry. I am angry at a lot of the staff members who uh, watched things happen to not only me, but other students and not do anything about it and think that it's okay. A lot of it was just so broken and not wanting to be in pain anymore and to be have to deal with 
the punishments. But she's also fine. Like, she looks like a million bucks. Mm-hmm. She's she, she survived. And she's, once again, like, I just did what I had to do. I yeah. said what I had to say. If they wanted me to be born again, guess what? I'm born again. Totally. <laughs> I'll sing whatever. I'll do the hike. Like, she just. Totally. But just be, even though she had that mentality, which is a very strong mentality to have. Yeah. It's still not without its its horrible, horrible after effects. Right. The nightmares Absolutely. and the trauma and all that. Shortly after this, David finally reached out to me again. He explained that the Escuela Caribe staff had told him that if he had had any contact with me, he would be ruining his relationship with his parents forever. Then David told me that he wanted his story to be told and that he trusted me to help him tell it. So I met him back in Colorado. So finally, like, he's, he's older now, and he's, he's coming back to Colorado for, like, a visit, and he hasn't been back in years. Mm-hmm. He, like, went to the West Coast to finish high school or something. So does that mean he's not close with his parents anymore? We don't know. Nobody knows. There's, like, there's no, they don't talk about it at all. We have no idea. But, like, he goes to, he goes to see Mark and Doug, the family friends who went down to rescue him. They have pizza and beer. <laughs> I know. They have a boys' night. <laughs> David, how are you doing? Good. Great seeing you. So I put her eyes right there. And then Angie shows up. Oh my god. <laughs> and again, this reunion happens and it's as though they literally haven't spoken in years. I know. Have they? We don't know. I don't know. Why is there not any on-screen text to tell us if they've spoken in years or not? I know. Or, or even like, you know I hate bad narration yes. from the filmmaker. I would take one of those just <laughs> for the sake of some clarity. Yeah. So like she comes in and then they they sit for like an interview. Love you guys had for me while I was there definitely helped me with all the feelings of rejection and hate from all the staff, even though they called it this other type of love, which is sick. Um, Ridiculous. It kept me going. I'm just so proud of you. I know that God is so proud of you. Thank you. I just love you so much. I love you too. So, but now what he's doing is like he is now going to conventions and meetings with something called SIA, Survivors of Institutional Abuse. And yeah. this is like a whole circuit, which is awesome, you guys, yeah. like that this thing even exists. And he's speaking and like he, now he wants a story to be told. He wants the truth well, to come and out. And we find out the reason that this exists is because we find out in the end, finally she figures out how to use the on-screen text. Girl, it's so easy. Final cut. <laughs> My God. They, we find out that like this behavior modification program system is a two billion dollar industry the troubled teen industry troubled teen industry i mean come on completely not regulated by the government yeah no oversight whatsoever since the 70s 157 teenagers have died in that we know of these are like reported cases yeah and it's a and it's a nightmare. And so yeah, like basically these people are out there going to these conventions trying to like find other people, other survivors trying to reach these kids that are in these institutions right. to let them know that like this is wrong and and that they're not alone. Yeah, and there have been acts like introduced in Congress like several times, not even voted on, not even yeah. didn't even make it to the floor. And in 2012, New Horizons Youth Ministries and Escuela Caribe, do you like how I said that? Yeah. Um they shut their doors, but then like the the land was donated and now it's just called something Else. It's like another school that basically does the exact same it's thing. It's just called something else. It's, and it's <laughs> it's called Crosswinds, like yeah, you guys. Garbage. Please. Um and then that guy David Weir, that asshole who was just, who's like running it now, like yeah. the head guy, he basically says, like, look, what we're doing maybe isn't the best thing, but gosh darn it, we're doing it. <laughs> so are we just beating our heads against the wall by trying to change kids that are prodigals? Good question. I guess that's for a discussion for another day and another time, uh, because we're doing it. 
So I, I, I don't want to really question that right now. He admits, he's like, is, and then like, as he's saying it, you see the wheels clicking and he's like, oh, maybe, maybe this isn't working. And then he's like, but here we are and we're going to do it. Gosh darn it. And I'm like, oh, okay. Girl, we got through kidnapped for Christ. Oh my God. Can they all be arrested? I know. I don't worst. understand like how this is even a thing. You guys, a reminder, we are now doing extended outtakes for every episode on our uh, Patreon feed. You guys, we have like literally so much stuff that we can't use because the, the stories run long that rather than just like throwing it into the, you know, technological garbage can. For the last three episodes, you guys, we have extended outtakes. We'll have them for this one for sure. There's a Leah Remini story that Jillian tells you just have to hear. And other than that, we're doing serial episode by episode on our Patreon. Join us. People are loving it. Yeah. And then just like stuff. Yeah. Other mini episodes, two other full bonus episodes. You really should check out that Truth or Dare episode. It's pretty amazing. I mean, if you guys are going to CrimeCon, hey, girl. Hi, girls. Look us up when we're there. We'll see you. We'll be at our our podcast row booth. It's going to be awesome. We'll keep you posted. But I am going to be like crazy on the Instagram. Yes. So we're at True Crime Obsessed podcast because someone else is true crime obsessed <laughs> weird uh, but I'm gonna be doing like insta stories and live stuff like from the from the flight which yeah. I'm not thrilled about don't like planes we're doing it together we'll get hammered yeah yeah oh great yeah oh we gotta get those mini shampoo bottles yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> gotta, gotta get on Amazon yeah, tonight packing list. just total priorities <laughs> um, but I'm, so you can follow us if you're not going to crime con don't worry about it it's gonna feel like you're there totally. and then the gif I used in the, in the uh, true crime obsessed podcast discussion group was Abby Lee Miller saying and we're all gonna have Fun. And her face when she says fun, she she should run one of these schools. She would be she great at she, she totally does. Um, you guys, you can find us at True Crime Obsessed on the Twitter, truecrimeobsessed.com. Rate us on iTunes, you guys. We, we would love your feedback that way, too. Yeah. Um, and check out our calendar on the website so you know what we're doing. Yes, the calendar soon. is fully updated through July, so check it out. Girl, what are we doing next? Fantastic lies. It's, it's a, one of those 30 for 30 ones, right? Which are like so well great. made yeah. and amazing. This is about the uh, Duke sexual assault scandal. Totally. Wow. Um, stay tuned for our hilarious outtakes. TM, 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 And you guys, this week's uh, palate cleanser is going to be from Annie. It's my favorite song from Annie. I love it so much, and I can't wait to play it for you. Bye. Bye. Duke's entire lacrosse team under the microscope on the alleged multiple rape. It was white over black. It was male over female. It was rich over poor. We come here today because justice has not been served. All the people at the party were Duke lacrosse players. The state of misogyny that's present among some members of this team. I got a phone call and I just said to him, when you need me, Kyle, I'll be down there. And he said, I need you. Why was it so difficult to understand what happened that night? Just felt like everyone versus us. To see your son in handcuffs was horrific. No one deserves to be assaulted, raped, abused. There were a lot of questions to be asked, but questions needed to be asked on both sides. I thought I was a woman. I am a singer who moves, by the way. (laughs) Telsey, if you're listening. That's a Um, a theater audition joke, everybody. (laughs) 
was still at the point where I thought all the kids were gay, and I was like, well, of course she's gay. Her name is Beth. All lesbians are named Beth. Oh, is that true? I think so. Okay. Um, and poor Beth. She that's did- not true, you guys. We know that that's not true. <laughs> You can't just show what she showed. I get it. This is jarring enough, but like you have a time and a place for those jarring (laughs) shots, Kate. (sighs) We also learned that he's applying for drama scholarships, to which I want to be like, David, girl, please don't throw your life away. And he's like getting all four of them. So at least he's not going to pay for the. Right. It's true. Girl, please don't. And Matt, the house father, the person. I'm not saying house father again. (laughs) Um. Yeah, we also we learn how equipped to handle these kids are when we hear one of the one of the house fathers, Brian Wall. Brian Wall, B R I A N W A L L. Yellow Deb is like, you know what? Everyone perceives things in different ways, and yeah, terrible things have happened here, and they'll happen again. In the future. What are you gonna do? Easy the secretary warned. Tommy Warbucks is going to adopt Annie. This rotten orphan I despise. Now the lousy kid's going to have everything. It ain't fair. I know, it ain't fair. It ain't fair how we scrounge for three or four bucks while she gets Warbucks. The little brat. It ain't fair. This here life is driving me nuts. While we get Peanuts, she's living fat. Maybe she holds the key, this little lady. To get more bucks instead of less. (laughs) Maybe we fix the game with something shady. Where would that put us? Artella. Give you one guess. Yeah.